0: Reflections with Canon Philip Gray. Well, good morning everyone and uh, welcome to my Daily Reflection podcast. Today is Friday the 3rd of April. Do uh, look out for the uh, schedule, the timetable of um, live streams and podcasts which I'm planning for next week, which of course is Holy Week. And I'm hoping that at some time, probably tomorrow, that will appear on the St. Margaret's Facebook page and uh, website uh, and other channels. But I'm delighted to uh, welcome this morning uh, the very Reverend uh, Christopher Armstrong. Um, Christopher um, is presently a a vicar of a number of small rural churches, which I'm sure he'll tell us about, uh, in the Diocese of Peterborough. Uh, and was previously, I think for around 15, 16 years, the Dean of Blackburn Cathedral. Good morning, Chris.
1: Good morning, Father Philip. It's very good to hear you
0: again. Chris, you and I go back a long way, probably further back than either of us would dare to remember. Do you want to just <laughs> say a little bit about that? And
1: maybe well, even. Yeah, I, I was um, a Director of Ordinance in the Diocese of York and. Uh, <clears throat> A young uh, teenager probably came from Hull uh, to present himself. Yes, uh, and we worked together. And that person was uh, Philip Gray. He <laughs> was uh, he he was a delightful person in many ways. Although he did have one or two um, uh, glaring anomalies. Uh, for instance, <laughs> he um, when after he was selected for ordination training, and I, there was not much doubt in my mind that he would be. Um, hmm. He was uh, sent off to a theological college, and a university, um, but he wanted to take his greyhound with him. <laughs> I, I'd never come across that request before.
0: <laughs> I, think you're, uh, I, think you're, I think we left the greyhound back in Hull, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. funny thing was, Chris, that um, Bishop Toby on Wednesday was talking about Naaman. And uh, I was very, very tempted to tell Bishop Toby that the first greyhound that we raced was called Neyman. (laughs) But somehow I I felt it just wasn't the moment. (laughs) But now I've said it live um, two days later.
1: (laughs) Well then, Philip, I think uh, um, some wise priest suggested that you should come to me as uh, a curate in the parish in Scarborough. did. that worked out brilliantly.
0: It did, yeah. That
1: that was wonderful fun.
0: It was. Uh, We had a lot of fun over four years.
1: uh, And and some some wicked fun at that. Yeah. Uh, um, And then somehow you wheedled your way into the service of the the Bishop of Blackburn. Yes. Um, I think I had a hand in that. Uh, And so we worked as colleagues on the uh, Bishop's senior staff team. Where I do remember you accused me of going to sleep in one of the meetings.
0: (laughs) I think I did. (laughs) I've never quite forgiven you for that. (laughs) I was probably projecting my own feelings on the matter. I
1: I think we all were, probably. (laughs)
0: Lovely. Chris, Um, tell me. Yes, go on, carry on. Do.
1: I I think that's it, isn't it?
0: It is, really. It is, really. You, you arrived in Blackburn shortly before I, I did, uh, and I do remember vividly coming to the service at Blackburn Cathedral right at the back end of 2001 uh, when you were, uh, was it in, uh, installed? Is that the right word? Yes,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I arrived um, early the following year uh, to work with Bishop Alan Chesters, uh, which, joking beside, was a great privilege, and also with Bishop Nicholas. Yeah. Um Chris tell me a, a little bit about how it is uh, in you're in Rutland aren't you county wise is that right yes, Rutland <clears throat> Rutland
1: just west of Peterborough
0: yeah and- how is how is ministry being affected for you by the present situation with particularly obviously covid-19
1: well it's it's very odd um because i'm now almost completely retired <clears throat> just hanging on uh, in ministry to enjoy uh, the final rays of um, sundown um, in this lovely place. Uh, I've really uh, not, I've not been uh, reading a great deal of theology, I have to say. Uh, It's Mm. one of the things I've done. I've never been an academic. Uh, I have been bookish uh, and enjoyed Mm. reading uh, and, and especially preparing for sermons. Uh, which I still do uh, quite vigorously, but other theological reading i 've dumped in, uh, in in preference to visiting people and yeah. before the virus arrived, I spent a lot of time most of the day when I was supposed to be working um, visiting people because um, i 'm a people person, and uh, I think yeah. God brings us together as human beings um, and he delights in that Mm. and that that's been very important to me I think it's critical for uh, any uh, any pastoral ministry that you get out and about Um, Mm. but that of course has changed completely yes Uh, we came back from a skiing holiday uh, rather prematurely because President Macron um, closed down all the ski resorts in France, and immediately yeah. we're, we were ushered into two weeks of uh, serious isolation. Um, mm. And that was about two weeks ago, and things haven't changed. So yeah. I spent a lot of time on the phone, as I guess you have been doing. Yes, yes. Doing these creative things with your website. Yeah. Um, and speaking to people on the phone. And uh, that's been frustrating, really. I found Um, frustrating. I think people appreciate it.
0: Yeah. What are the themes, Chris, that are coming through uh, in those conversations that you're having with people on the telephone as they live in a similar lockdown to to most of us?
1: (coughs) Well, uh, people here... um, uh, This has been called Middle England. People here are very capable. A lot of them are retired. Uh, Yeah. A a bit like... um, a bit like uh, uh, Ilkley I guess so yes. some of them are asking those deeper questions which I delight in, in uh, talking through <clears throat> yeah. where is the hand of God in all this Yeah. Um, and uh, conjecturing as to what life might be like uh, when we get out of the other end of this uh, crisis and yeah. whether it will be any closer to um, the kingdom of God, as Jesus preached it, and as we try to understand it. Yeah.
0: Um, and what? What? Uh, how are you? How are you expressing that hope, Chris? Are you expressing that hope?
1: Uh, well, I, I just uh, put the phone down to our archdeacon, who's uh, had a mild dose of coronavirus, uh, right. and I said to him, "I'm, I'm not a." Biblical scholar or an evangelical, but my mind continues to run towards the plagues of Egypt. Right, and, and I just wonder um, <clears throat> what God a was saying uh, to the Egyptians and the Israelites in that situation in the beginning mm. in the Book of Exodus, and b what God might be saying to us as um, uh, a, a civilization now, because it is civilization wide and mm. i read in the tablet leader um this week the the writer was saying that um this is perhaps the only thing that could bring the nation together after brexit gosh and, and i thought that gosh. was quite a, an interesting observation
0: mm. yes i i um I suppose there's some very important themes there with what we're going to be doing in this coming week chris you know particularly when we get to um you know the, the the monday thursday and easter eve because of course the the final plague the plague of the firstborn well then becomes really front front in our minds you know with the concept of the passover yes. uh, and, and particularly in that easter liturgy which of course. We won't really celebrate this year in the same way and seeing the exalted, but uh, I certainly plan to do a, a service of vigilant readings and we'll hear the long account from Exodus. Is it twelve or fifteen? Uh I think it's twelve of of the Passover and the way in which we as Christians understand Jesus' death and resurrection in the in the concept of the Passover as not leading us from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land, but leading us from the slavery of sin to the liberation of God's forgiveness.
1: Um, that's... Precisely. Uh, and mm. and, and uh, I think that's a, a really exciting thought. But mm. I, I don't know how, how you do these things in Ilkley now, that you've been liberated, but when we, when, you was a, when you were a curate in Scarborough, we... We started the Easter vigil very early in the morning.
0: We did, we did, uh, which have, which is something which I'd done at theological college, uh, and that had been very special and formative to to be up, uh, you know, and light the Easter fire in the dark of the early morning, and then to be celebrating that as as the sun rose on Easter day um, was very special, and and I've wrestled for many years whether to introduce it here. Uh, because the the pattern has always been to celebrate the Easter Vigil, you know, as the darkness falls on the Saturday evening. That, as you know, Chris, in the end, I'm also a pragmatist, and what what I have learned because I d- I did do it early in the morning when I was a vicar in Leek, but what it does do is it people tend to come early in the morning, and then quite understandably they don't come again for your sort of main Sunday morning mass. So, 10 11 or whatever time it is Uh, and we get such it's such a wonderful celebration here at um, on Easter morning that I didn't want to damage that
1: yes I I quite understand that
0: Um, yeah so in the end I've always retained of my years here that the celebration on the Saturday evening yes and I've come to appreciate it deeply but it isn't quite the same I have to say, is doing it as the sun rises an Easter morning.
1: Right now, I've rather bullied my folk into uh, coming along very early in the morning, and, um, uh, and yeah. they do appreciate it. But I, th- I think there's a very important subliminal message in that dawn Eucharist, and that yes. is, uh, it coincides with the dawning of the day. Um, and yeah. I ask myself continually, where, where is the glory of God? And sometimes mm. we, we, we we human beings think that the glory of God will only be met on the Damascus Road in some great uh, event in our lives. And actually, the glory of God comes at us in, in such small, uh, uh, mm. indescribably um, beautiful ways, like the rising of the sun, like yes. the first good morning from your loved one, um, mm. like the first cup of tea in the morning <laughs> yeah. these yeah. these are the ways which god communicates his glory to us and 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 um i think that's what the uh, the dawn mass says to me it reminds me of those sort of things and i'm continually trying to look for those things in my own life and in the lives of others you know pointing to them being a signpost that's what we're supposed to be messengers signposts yeah.
0: i think there's i think there's something very michael ramsey in that isn't there chris he talked he talked about the glory of God yes. um, and the transfiguration. Yes.
1: Um
0: yes. but he's but he said it was in the little moments too. Have you have and you of course
1: I'm sorry, Philip, I have
0: interrupted. N- no, no, it's fine. And 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 well I think it's reading John this time of year takes me always to Michael Ramsey. And of course we keep the transfiguration on length uh on Lent for liturgically if we don't, uh, sorry, no, not anymore we don't, we keep it on that Sunday before Lent starts. Um, So, and and it's always one of my favourite Sundays in the year. Mm. But he, Ramsey, of course, also wrestled with this in the context of people's um, suffering Mm. um, and talked about in intangible ways, even, you know, at the bedside of the the poorly, you could meet the glory of God. And that christ was present there um and i've uh, in a strange way i have found that in pastoral ministry well um,
1: you and i belong to a tradition where the washing of the feet on maundy thursday is part of the liturgy and yeah for me that is so moving yes i can hardly yes. talk about it without filling up it is no. so powerful and how we translate yeah. that into non-liturgical actions around the parish is so so important
0: yes and this does actually to go back to naaman seriously i think this is what bishop toby was talking about on wednesday i think it was when we talked because his point with naaman was that of course when naaman uh, got to wherever he was going for his healing um he thought that he would be expected to do something very grand. Yes, exactly, yes. And and Bishop Toby was saying that when he got there, the, the the prophet basically said to him, well, just go and dip yourself in that river and come out again and you'll be fine. Uh, and Naaman and was really quite angry about that.
1: That's a lovely connection. You know, he
0: said, well, I've, I've come all this way and all you want to do with me is, you know, I, I think he even almost says, well, what's wrong with the rivers where yes, I lived? yes. <laughs> But the point was that actually, and he was saying how difficult he was finding it, um, not being able to do a lot of the things that we would normally do as, as, as priests and ministers. And of course, one of them is at the moment that we're all wrestling with is the pastoral ministry of the bedside because we're, we're not allowed in the hospitals. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was saying that, you know, he was using Nehman as an example. Well, we're not here at the moment to do something grand. God wants us to do Simple things, and find the glory in that, and and at the centre of that is the prayers that we say.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think perhaps um, um, parish clergy are gripped by a feeling that they've got to do something that's so relevant and useful. It's like, yes. Yeah. It's the small things that stick in people's minds.
0: Yes, uh, and <clears throat> when one returns to to places where well, one's ministered. Um, you're right none of the grand things are remembered it's somebody will tell you a story about something that you've forgotten long years ago which you didn't feel significant and yet for them it was significant yeah Um, so yeah i sorry say that again chris and also
1: when we wrestle with our sermons and you think oh oh my god that's a naff sermon uh, and people come out and think say thank you so much that was wonderful Uh, so
0: yes uh, there must be a God. <laughs> that's that's I think that's very true. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um Chris, are you in contact at all now with the life of our cathedrals? Um and how they're negotiating their way through this uh conundrum. Yes. I am uh, I've been in touch with my successor in
1: Blackburn who's who's very worried about a number of things um, and okay. especially the, uh, the the finances going
0: forward yes the
1: medium and the long term yes um, and uh, um, I'm I'm also in touch with the, the Dean of Peterborough my local cathedral who I've known from the dean circuit yeah. and he's a wise guy he's been dean of Newcastle where he did very well but here he inherited a four million pound debt and has almost turned oh, yes. that round uh, just Gosh. a million pounds to go uh, yeah. so that's an extraordinary feat but um, cathed- that cathedral um, Blackburn Cathedral any cathedral uh, are l- losing so much money now Um Yes. Uh, Peterborough had to put on on hold a, a great display that was coming in the summer. They will they will have lost money on that on the deposit. Um, they put uh, people on furlough, so yeah. future work is uncertain. I just don't know Gosh. how many will survive, or, or even parish churches. I have five here, all beautiful little yes. churches. Um, with with beautiful little congregations in them. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Jolene, my wife was saying over breakfast, how many of those
0: w- will survive this? Mm. Do do are, are most of your buildings in good order, Chris? They're all in. Because that often. Go on, carry they're on. They're sorry. All
1: in very good order, Philip. You you would be proud. You'd have thought, uh, gosh, this man has. Uh, change his attitude to I churches say that. <laughs> but of course I don't do it, uh, they do it they're, they're very proud of their building. it's an icon it's an icon of this, right. their spiritual life and they will yeah. spend yeah. amounts of time and money keeping them in good order and I'm grateful to them for that when I
0: came here well that, release, that releases you to be their pastor and priest as well of course yeah which is what i'm sure they really want because um, often that can be it can often be the condition of the building that can be the you know the final catalyst um can't it so so maybe your churches will survive chris or is it the numbers of people that come to them the, now
1: the, the churches will will stand for, for another generation or two i just don't know see there's something about the regularity of church going which is important I wouldn't yes. want to dance, uh deny or, de- or, or decry that uh, but we're losing no. that now how mm. whether we can get it back together again I don't know
0: no and and I I do see that here Chris um and it's although this is a generalization it is partly gener- generational yes, um, yes. Uh, and um uh, it, it reflects changed lifestyles and and the, the changing demands on people and I'm sure there are, there are all sorts of you know good goodly reasons for it but i I reviewed here uh, a few months ago the life of our family service where which is a a beautiful service, but the attendance at it, uh, is is volatile you know one week we can have a you know really quite a good congregation and then the next week you know there's a handful and smattering of people Um, and you know I asked the question partly because I wanted to reflect on where that service was and whether it was meeting people's needs Uh, and I think at the end of it we felt that we were but I said well where are folk and what are they doing when they're not coming and the most interesting reply was go down to the go down to the local sports and hockey club on a Sunday morning you won't be able to park your car there it'll be so full um and and I think that, that that reflects all sorts of you know the shifts in 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 the culture uh the shifts in 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 um sundays um but you're right we we are paying a price for that um and and um yeah i suppose it it begs the question where where we'll be with the next generation yeah. well
1: yes i mean exactly we we do believe in a God of death and resurrection. Sometimes we yes. we move rather s- smartly over the death bit to the resurrection, um, mm. and, and I, I just wonder in this crisis what God is doing to us. Is is He sieving His churches?
0: Mm.
1: Mm. Um, yes, giving us a way out, an honourable way out. But perhaps He's so generous. That he sees that is a possibility:
0: well certainly yes. certainly one of our th- one of the themes in, in in the diocesan strategy here which uh, is reimagining ministry and um, we've certainly all been doing that very rapidly yes. o- over the last yes. few weeks, as our archdeacon joked, you know reimagining ministry tick. <laughs> <laughs> we we we've suddenly we're we're suddenly doing that one out you know because we're compelled yeah. to, uh, and and I think he had an important point that he was making, which was you know we've been forced by this situation uh, to do something that maybe we've needed to do for some while, yeah. Um, and and I w- what I hear you straining towards, Chris, and your earlier answer was um, this situation is forcing us to redefine the way we do church and the way we see our ministry and to sieve down or you know to pan for the gold which is really the most important things of who we are and what we do uh, and those things that we can cast off and let go of uh, so that we may be better and this theme's been running a long time I mean it was it was part of the decade of evangelism was that we should be doing less things better Uh, But I think we talked about it a lot and didn't probably do it in the end. Yeah,
1: we we plodded on. But what what concerns me, Philip, is uh, your ability to do IT things and and my inability to do that.
0: Almost Well, it's not my ability, Chris. It's my son's, really, if I'm honest.
1: Coming up, which is great.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But uh, almost a third of the um, serving clergy in the Church of England now are over 70, which is a shocking... statistic yes Um, so how are you lot going to survive uh we we can do we're good at sort of the pastoral ministry uh uh, but you're you're very good at the it ministry and that's presumably where where the future is although it can't just be it it can't be just ministry at the distance um how you square that circle i really don't know
0: well, one of the things we're trying to do, Chris, which takes us right back to the beginning is, you know, the, the fostering and the calling of younger people uh, to serve God and his church. Um, we have signs of hope here with that. Yeah. Um, we've a young man who's just been recommended to train, who's in his mid to late 20s. And we've, we've, um, we've got someone serving as a curate not far away from this parish. Uh, and we've someone else due to attend a, tender, a panel very soon uh uh, no he's got a motorbike though (laughs) (laughs) so he likes racing in a uniform, i think (laughs) but i think he's got similar um he's got similar roots to me chris I, i you know i don't think he was brought up with a silver spoon in his mouth so um so i think i think there's great hope for the church with chaps like him um you know coming through um so um so yeah that's certainly what one thing that, that we've we've certainly prayed about. I, w- I was concerned in my early years here and did express it to people that we weren't producing vocations. But God in his generosity does seem to 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 be giving us um some fruit to rejoice in him with that and, and and that's you know so important in terms of handing the baton on. Yeah. And they do get the IT and they do get how, how you know the ways in which Young people network in such different ways now from the ways yes, that you and I it's do. So powerful. Yes, yeah. Chris, as always, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you.
1: It's been fun, Philip. I you hope been very gentle with me.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't always this as your curent, was I? <laughs> and certainly, Mrs. <laughs> Gray wasn't was she? <laughs> I've
1: turned white already. <laughs>
0: but you told you told one of those stories when you came for my silver jubilee last year which was an absolute treat when you came and preached about mrs gray bringing you a birthday cake (laughs) 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 but we won't tell that story again (laughs) no thank you chris god bless all that you're doing in 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 uh, in in rutland chris would you like to finish our time with a prayer thank you let
1: us Almighty God, you delight in bringing people to one another and to you. Bring your wisdom to bear on our present isolated situation. Help us to see your direction through this crisis and give us hope. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Daily Reflection podcast. If you would like to listen to more episodes, they will be available on your usual podcast platform. Alternatively, all the podcasts and live streams, at services and reflections can be found on the St. Margaret's Ilkley website, stmargaretsilkley.org.